0: All right, good morning. Unbelievable. Good morning, everybody. Today is Shabbos, Daph. INA, if everybody could please mute. I think everybody's muted. Are we ready to go? Y'all safe? Okay. Today is 41 days in the Omer. Hayoim, Echod v'arboim Shem chamisho you show your if everybody could please mute. Amen. Good morning. Why is he not muted? Yosef. Gary's on. Gary's here. Okay. Thank you. Alright, so today's 41 days in the Oimer. Uh, real quickly, my my top two people that are. What is this? Start my video. What does that mean? Uh-oh. I don't know what that means. Are we good now? Yeah. Start over? All right. Today is 41 days of the I'm not sure why some people are not muted. Not everybody's muted. I hear noise coming through. If it's possible for everybody to mute. Okay, great. Um, One of my role models, top two role models is my father-in-law. Dr. Michael Friedman, he was voted as top doctor in Chicago this week. Uh, this is him, but I'm not just putting him there because of this. The reason why he's my role model is he's a world-renowned surgeon, head and neck surgeon, uh, head and neck doctor, but more importantly, he's a huge Talmud Chachem, and every single day, he gets up really early to learn Tyra, he every single night he has a chavrusa, we discussed his chavrusa, who was on a ventilator for a very long time, at baruch Hashem, he's doing much better, Reb David Oppenheim, um, he actually, I, took, I stole a page out of his book, he gives a sheer in Eon on Shabbos, he also gives the dafiyomi sheer on Shabbos, he gives a dafiyomi on uh, Yantiv Ben Azmanim. and he's very into charts, and when I started this year, I said, I gotta do my charts, they're slightly different than his, his are hand drawn and everything, but I got that idea from him, he's a huge role model, and I'm very proud of him, top doctor, voted top doctor in Chicago. He's always been voted in the top. He's My brother once had surgery in Toronto. He was having like a uh, hernia surgery or something, and the doctor said, let me try the, I forgot what it's called, the Friedman method or something. He invented different methods, different things. He's a world-renowned surgeon. Today's today's, uh, share is being sponsored by three different people. Uh, We have... A Victor's father in law, Victor father in law, Zeichen Nishmas, a father in law, yeah. The Nishmas Michal Ben David, right? Yes. And we have from Jack Sandperl, side from my father, Yaakov Ben Simcha. Today's learning of the Dav is dedicated. Lilu Nishmas Chayento Bas Chaim Shlomo. they all these Nishomas the that have an Aliyah. Really appreciate the sponsorships. And not only, it's not just the money, it shows that people want to be involved and uh, support the shir. By the way, the biggest way to support the shir, and I've said this a number of times, is to bring another person into the shir to show somebody about learning, about learning the daf. That's the biggest support. After that, if somebody wants to donate, great. Um, yeah, let me just read real quickly. So Avigdar... Fold is, you know, the, the famous Gemara, uh, what's the Gemara over there? Nobody's ever came to the Beis HaMaj before me, and nobody has ever left the Base HaMaj before me, so on Zoom, I think, there's no, I think he's the first guy on, I've never been really early. he's always there, and he's the last one to leave. You can go on Zoom two hours after sheer, he's there. So going for that, and he talks about his uh, father-in-law, he's a diplomat for Yugoslavia, And he passed information to the Israelis about Yasser Arafat, which risked his life. And basically, they offered him an award. And he said, the only award I want is I want to come to Eretz And it was impossible. You can't get a guy out of Yugoslavia and the communist Yugoslavia. But they were able to sneak him out. And that's why we have Avigdor right here in Eretz Israel as the first and last guy on and off Zoom. Be'ez HaShem, he'll come to our uh, live share. He'll have to travel every day for an hour and get there. Be'ez HaShem. And this is from Michael Samperl. He's from Leeds, England. He's our, uh, one of our representatives in Leeds. I've been a daily follower of both your 8-minute DAF and full share since early in this DAF cycle. I watch recordings on YouTube or Torah anytime. By the way, the DAF is also available on all Daf app on our app, which has over a 1,000 views a day on our website. Because you can get it on at least five different mediums, if you so please, and you can get it on Zoom live. Okay, it's his father's uh, today, and uh, basically he's from Leeds, England. And finally, we have our good friend Yossi Rubenstein sitting and getting a root canal. We all know the famous root canal, and this is him doing the daf while he's getting the root canal. Yossi he's one of these guys that uh, in regular times, he's always traveling to America, and one time he came back with this thing in his neck, and he was raising harum room for two months, and uh, where are you, you would come in, he, uh, he, so he kept on telling me he's busy, but he's a man of his word. Once corona hit, he's been a really really steady part of the shir, and we hope that it should continue even the days after corona. So we're holding that um, let's see, two, four, six, eight lines, nine lines from the bottom. So, two of the um, big malachas in the Mishkan, and part of the 39, 39 malachas, is making a knot and undoing a knot. Where, where do we find that they used to make knots? They would tie down the, the tent, the, the covering to the pegs. But at the end of the day, it's not a Keshush Shakayama, it doesn't last. The Kalei Yisrael constantly traveled. They had to undo it, so that's not considered a real knot. So when they were sewing, putting together the yiriyos, if one of the knots or one of the strings became undone, so they had to tie it together. Something similar to this. If it becomes undone, you make a knot. Taken from the Masifto, needed maybe in a minute. Omele, koysher, my where do you have undoing a knot? For instance, what if the two knots are right next to each other? You don't, you don't want to have two strings that have knots next to each other. Shari chad. So he undoes one and leaves the other one the way it is. Like down here, he leaves this knot, undoes the other one. So now you have a, a knot and you have an un, undoing of a knot. <speaking in Hebrew> you don't even do that for a regular king. <speaking in Hebrew> You're going to make him a urea with, with knots and, and, and undoing, and it, it looks terrible. <speaking in Hebrew> The people that would trap the chilazon, the snails, they would have nets, and they would add to the net and take off from the net, and they constantly had to make kisharim. So when we were learning brachas, we had this uh, unbelievable guy that found the chilas, found the uh, murex trunculus, the famous. So I'm just, I'm going to talk about it just for a minute or two because. We are going, we're going to talk about it a little bit later as well. He really wanted to come and do a whole live demonstration, then he wanted me to come to him, and it just didn't work out for me. And uh, I appreciate the offer, and I appreciate that he came down in Brachas. I was talking about in Brachas, and all of a sudden he said, I'm here. And he raised his hand, he came to the front, and he gave me all these kind of things. So here's the snail. It's in a bag. I don't know if you can see it well. This is what they discovered. Now, <clears throat> real quickly... Tcheles is a, sort of a controversial thing. Uh, I was asked to speak once in Shul. in our we Shul, there's no rabbi, and every week somebody else speaks. I only spoke there once, and it was the parsha of Tcheles. So I got up and I did a lot of research during the week. I heard about Tcheles from our Rav in Chicago, Reb Chaim Tursky. He made a very convincing argument to wear it. He's a chassidish guy, and he wears Tcheles. But a huge Talmud Chachem. And basically, Areg achas. The Regina Rebbe, he came up and he said, this is t'cheles. And he said, it's this fish right over here, a codfish. They later on discovered that the chemicals they add to, this, to the blood of a codfish that turns it blue, if you add that chemical to, to, the, to the blood of an elephant and a, and a horse, it also turned blue. And therefore, the G'dayla made fun of it and they said, forget it, it's not even close. That kind of made a stigma to finding new t'cheles. And a big problem, even when you see about Rebbe Yashif, but when I read through it, and they made different arguments, this is the, the, the Murex Trunculus, and one of the huge arguments that I liked a lot is that it's genetic makeup, C16H10N2O2, which is very unique to every, uh, every creature in the world, everything in the world. The Gemara says that you cannot tell the difference between trails of chilazan and the trails that comes out of Kali Elon, which is a tree. And what's fascinating is that... This tree, Elon, has the identical genetic makeup. So that kind of uh, one of the things, uh, many, many different rayas and uh, arguments that they have as the Gemara says it come, it, it's found from Haifa all the way to Tzur to Lebanon and that's exactly where you find these things they found in different uh, archeological digs, millions of these, raya after raya. The point is, it takes a lot of guts in our day, if you're in certain circles, now if you're in the YU circle, whatever, it's great, everybody wears tcheles, and in certain circles, the circles that I dray around in, if you want to wear tcheles, people are going to make fun of you. You have to have guts to stand up and say, I believe this is what is true, and I want to do it. Not everybody is capable of doing it. I got up, and because I decided it's right. Yes, Reb Chaim Kenevsky says, Nignaz, and he doesn't wear it, but he, there's a video, and I have, that he says, if you believe it, you're mechuev to wear it, and I believe it. So, um, the bottom line, the arguing point for me was that there's nothing to lose. There's no isser to wear it if it's not, so you wear a blue string. And what you could gain is the mitzvah the of Tcheles, and wearing tzitzes without it, you're not making the mitzvah really. So, there's nothing to lose, why not? But this idea of being strong and standing for what you believe is true, I was just thinking, because everybody's making this push, we're going back to shul soon and they're making this push, don't talk in shul. Somebody was telling me, one of the big schmoozers in our shul told me that he has a problem. He doesn't know what to do because everybody expects him to joke around and talk during shul. And what is he going to come? Everybody the tzaddik," he became a tzaddik. And that's an issue, you know, to stand up for what you believe and not care about what the other guy's going to say, not care about, oh, he's going to make fun of me, he's going to say this. If that's what's right, that's what you do. Anyway. Um, that being said, let's move on. So that's the t'cheles, whoever wants free t'cheles, there's a guy in the shir that had a whole bunch of trailers he gave me, he said whoever wants, it was not me. Whoever wants free t'cheles, if it's the first time, uh, he probably still has it, he's probably still giving it out. If a person makes two stitches in a garment, if you just go in, and out, that's what the, 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 the Mishnah means by two stitches, it doesn't mean two full, full stitches that we call stitches, but it's in and out, it's gonna come undone. If you ever try to sew a button, let's say you go in and out, in 10 seconds it's out. you actually have to make somewhat of a knot. Maybe one knot, not a Keshush Kayama, but you make a knot. for another Melacha was to tear in order to tie it up, to sew it up again. Where did they tear in the Mishkan? Everything has to line up with what they did in the building of the Mishkan. Where did they tear, in order to build the Mishkan? If you have a piece of garment that you have a worm, then it's not enough just to start sewing up that hole because it will start pulling it. So what you need to do is you need to make you need to tear it down and then. The guy comes in and sews it up nicely, and it's a much better sewing. So there was tearing in the building of the Mishkan. So basically, Rav Zutra learned three things from Rav all at the same time. For some reason, they have some sort of connection, and that is if you pull a string. I'm not exactly sure. You know, sometimes you have it on your tie, on a sack. You pull it and it comes together, it makes the garments come together. I couldn't think of a a real good example today. That is considered sewing, because you're making the two pieces of garment come together. If you learn one thing from a person called a Magoish, what is that? Machloik is in a second. Misa, you Misa. If a person knows, how to calculate. We had a whole sugya in brachas, tez, the mazalais, the tkufais, understanding the constellations, the astronomy, and you don't, you don't think about it, you don't talk about it, you don't do it, also the sapari you're not allowed to talk to him or you're not allowed to listen to his halachas. The Gmar is gonna explain. Magayshasa, what's this Magaysh guy? Ravishmul machlaikas, chada mecharshe v'chada megadayfei. One says he's a mechashiv, he's a sorcerer, and the other one says it's referring to a person that's a megadav, he's a oebid Somebody that constantly tries to, you know, one of those uh, witnesses, guys, constantly tries to push his avidizar on you. Testaim Rav I can prove to you that, he's, that Rav is the one that says it's the Avedizara guy. If you learn one thing from an avidizara guy, or a magosh, chayiv misa. Misa says, Rav. Now, obviously, means If you're talking about a sorcerer, a You shouldn't learn to do, but learn to know what a machash is. You'll have to learn. We had uh, I forgot where it was, we had that Kiva learnt from the Mahashiv how to bring up Kishuim, how to grow. He, he wants to know what, what's kishuf, what's not kishuf, what to tell people that you're allowed to do. But don't learn about Abed Zara. That is also to learn Abed Zarah, Misa. The concern is this guy's going to convince you. He's going to teach you Torah, and then in the back door, he's going to convince you about Abed made Chayv Misa. But you can learn kishuf to, to talk about it, to teach it, to understand it, to stay him, it's a right, that Rav is the one that says, if a person knows how to figure and calculate the tufais and the mazalays, the different constellations, the pasuk says, amazing pasuk. The, the handiwork of Akadosh Baruch Hu, they don't see, they don't realize again. This is the this is the handiwork. ro they don't see they don't they don't they don't they're not ma'ayin in it. So when I saw this pasuk, I was immediately thinking about Rabbi Victor Miller. I had this schuz of having Rabbi Yamin Yaakov's son give a shear in my house every Thursday night after my uh, short shear. Noam Fix was part of it. a lot of the guys were were part of the shear, and he's a huge chassid of Rabbi Vigdem Miller, you learned by Rabbi Miller and he said over a lot of stories about the, the, the big thing was, the thing was, Rabbi Vigdem Miller always saw HaKadosh Baruch in every single thing, in a flower and it, it was a dandelion how it has a parachute and it comes down and it flies and it goes, an animal, this animal I reached out to him yesterday I said could you remind me of one of your good stories I remember he said the story, it's not like wow, but it was very interesting he said that his, uh, Rabbi Vigdem Miller's grandchild walks into the kitchen one day and he sees his grandfather in the sink underwater and he's just standing like what is going on with my zaidi?" and then Rabbi Wigner Miller pops his head out and goes (gasps) he took a deep big breath and and the kid looks at him and he says I'll I'll explain to you I'm not crazy but what happened people were saying about the pollution in New York City pollution pollution complaining and I want to feel what it means not to breathe at all so he held his breath for I don't know how long, a minute and a half, and then he came out and he enjoyed the polluted oxygen of New York City. That's how he used to walk around with a, with a pit from a peach in his pocket and he'd tell people look, this pit, you can't crack it open. You wanna bite it, you, it's very difficult to crack open. You need a hammer to crack it open. Yet, if you put it in the ground, it softens up and out comes the seed and a whole world of a peach tree comes out. Because Baruch protected the seed with a box and a whole, he saw in the one seed, he saw Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and that's the idea. The idea is to see Hakadosh Baruch Hu in every, everywhere you go and everything you do. And this guy over here who knows how to calculate the sun and the moon and the stars and and all these things, and he doesn't do it. Why? You're missing the opportunity of seeing Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's the problem here. Says the Gemara Viter. How do you know it's a mitzvah? To, to sit down and figure this stuff out. This is your chachma. This is your knowledge. By the nations. Rashi says very interesting. He says, by you knowing the mazolis and the t you can figure out. When it's gonna rain? When it's gonna get hot? You know, like like weather guys today. They, they know how to tell the, the future. Imagine if you said that in ten days from now you could forecast the weather of two thousand years ago. You were able to forecast in ten days it's gonna rain. People will say, "Wow, this is a baruch." You know. So if you knew how to do that and they knew how to do that based on the mazalas and the kechavim. Today we say, "Oh, see, everybody. Every TV channel knows how to do it." But, if you, but they're not doing it on the constellations. They're doing it on other chachmas, but. There's ways how to do it, knowing when the season is starting, ending, it's a mitzvah to do it. Going back to the khilazim. so one of the 39 melachas is trapping a deer, or trapping any animal. We said a mosquito, a bee, a fly, a chicken, a cat, a dog, whatever it is. So one of the animals is a chilazin, a snail. This chilazan, as we know, comes up every 70 years. So how did these guys, how does this guy from Petil Techele, the company Petil Techele, the guy, by the way, if you want a very nice, I haven't been there, but saw the pictures, saw the videos from Avi Kamianski, went out there. It's a nice Chalamayit trip, it's a nice place to go, or not Chalamayit. They take you scuba diving, they go in, they show you where the snail is. Yes, it's not like it comes up every 70 years. It means it's very difficult to get to. It's on the bottom of the ocean. It doesn't run around on the ground. You have to be a professional scuba diver and go down and and grab it. So, by squeezing, you have to squeeze out the Chalazin's blood. Squeezing is not part of the Isser here. The Isser is trapping it. Now, of course, the Chilazin guys, the Tchelaz guys, this is one of their favorite Gemaras. Proves, doesn't prove, they have different things from here. Shahar Rabbi Oimer, Disha. says that there's a concept called Disha. You're threshing the, the, the wheat, you step on it, or you have an animal run it over, separating the shaft from the kernel. So we're also separating the blood from the snail. See Chayav for Disha. It's not. Why? Disha is only in something that grows from the ground and not from a fish. So, I just want to point out there's a very interesting thesis here that the Tcheil's guys love. And that is, I think so, I think I've seen it in their svarim. The toises de amazgal ke'ech de tzivei two Tysus in from the bottom, and it's like three lines from the end of that toises, basically, toises is asking, oh, let's go, let's go, uh, sorry, let's, let's continue in the Gemara, because it's on the, uh, further on in the Gemara, at the end of the day, you're killing this chilazin, you're killing the snail, you're killing a snail, that's netilas neshama, you're not allowed to take the life out of any, any living being, any animal, a fish, you're not allowed to do that on Shabbos. Om Rabbi Yochenon, shib meis, he took out the blood when it's already dead. So Rebben says, "I'm taking the blood out from, excuse me, from a dead snail." Okay, so I'm not killing it; it's already dead. It died on Friday. Rebbi says, "It's a misasik." Tosis explains, "It doesn't mean misasik." We learned misasik means a complete chaygig. He had no idea what he was doing. He, he, he picked up a knife and by mistake he cut a branch. No. So he says, we're talking about He had no intent to kill it. Ask the Gemara, What do you mean he didn't have intent to kill it? He wanted its blood, knowing very well that if you squeeze a snail and take all its blood out, it's going to drop dead. What is the percentage it's going to die? 100%. So, so what do you mean he didn't know? Of course he knew. He knew very well what he's doing. The famous concept in Masech the Shabbos. The literal words mean chopping off its head, cutting off its head, and it's not going to die? A guy comes to me and says, oh, I shechted this cow, I cut its head completely off, I didn't think it was going to die. What, were you not? Of course it's going to die. In other words, holds, I could drag a bench, the famous case, I'm dragging a bench on the ground, it might make a furrow, it might not make a furrow, I'm allowed to drag it. But if I know 1,000% that it's gonna make a furrow, then even Rav Shimon agrees, you're not allowed to drag the bench. So if I know that I'm gonna press on the snail and its blood is gonna come out and it's gonna die, it's sick ratio, I cut off the snail's head, it's gonna die. So even Rav Shimon is gonna agree, the Dovr Shein something that I don't have full intent, is asr, because it's psikresha. It's going to happen 100%. So even if you don't intend it, you're chayev. What do we do with this kasher? Says the Gemara an amazing thing. Shani de de tfei, tfei the more that it lives, the more the guy enjoys that and benefits from it. The guy that's making t'cheles doesn't want the snail to die. He wants to keep him alive as much as possible. In order... So that the blood, the dye that comes out of it is pure, it's clear. So I'm looking at this, I don't understand the Gemara, I probably don't understand. How do you get away from the psikoresh? At the end of the day, it's going to die, you know it's going to die. You don't want it to die, great, but you know that it's you're killing it. So who cares that you don't want it? So I find this beautiful Rashi here on the side. If you have the newer Gemaras, it's called Likuti Rashi, it brings a Rashi here from a Sechta Sukkah. And Rashi explains it a little differently, puts a little Havana in what's going on here. So Rashi Maskub the last Rashi in the Slikuti Rashi. I'm going to cut off the animal's head, but I don't want it to die. It says Rashi, the in the e tamos. It's impossible that it's not going to die. Here's the key word that Rashi says. What does psik resha do, says Rashi? It creates a miskaven. You know, the whole mesecht Shabbos, the, all the melachas and the Shabbos are meleches machsheves. The Torah talks about a melacha in the Mishkan that you have to have intent to do. You have to have kavana. If I don't have kavana, it's not a melacha. I have to have intent. says Rashi, when something is impossible not to happen, that injects kavana into it. That's good when I want that kavana, when I want intent. Let's say I'm pirate, I don't care one way or the other. So if it's going to happen, it makes it into a miskavan. But if I want the reverse, I don't want it to happen, then I don't have the kavana. It's different than what we think. It's not like, oh, it's going to happen, oh, you're chayiv because it happened. You're not chayiv because it happened. You're only chayiv when it's a meleches machsheves, when I intend to do something. But when I intend to do the opposite of it, even if I know it's going to happen and I intend to do, but I, I want the opposite outcome, that's not a Chivon Shabbos, says Rashi. A new Havana in what Melechus Mach Shabbos says and how it works with psikration. Okay, think about it. So here's the tesis that I want to point out. Just to make my friend from, I forgot where, where that whole factory is, somewhere, I don't know, 45 minutes away from him, 30 minutes away maybe. Tild I'm assuming he likes this taisviz. That Taisviz asks a question. We know that if you, if you make a chabur in somebody, you beat somebody up to the point that he's bleeding, it's like being, taking out his neshama. It doesn't matter if you take out a lot of blood or a little blood, it's netilus neshama. A little blood is netilus neshama. Says taisviz, but what about this khilazan? I took out a little blood from it maybe four lines from the bottom of the page the of a Mifkat pocket and the story new idea Taisa says that this dye that's in the snail is Mifkat pocket it's in its own uh, what do they call it its own uh, not a bag it's, it's in its own little gland gland let's call it a gland. In other words, it's not the blood of the snail. So these guys are jumping up with joy when they find this tisves, because that's exactly what the muric trugulus is. It has a gland in it. It's not its blood. It has a gland, and they take this little gland. I forgot how many dozens and dozens of these uh, poor snails you have to kill in order to make one pair of tisves. The gland is tiny, and ah, it, oh, it's what tisves says mifkat pocket. It's not part of its blood. It's not like a codfish that it, 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 it's blood, or like any. It has a little gland in it, and it has a special dye in it, and that dye is a mifkat pocket. Therefore, says Tysus, by you taking out its blood, you didn't kill it. It's not its blood. It's its dye. If it was its blood, taking out a small amount of blood from an ox on Shabbos is killing the ox. It's the same thing as killing it. Because a little bit of blood, a lot of bit of blood, at the end of the day, the animal is going to die from bloodletting. So it doesn't matter a, a lot or a little. But this is not blood. This is mifkat pocket. Another raya that is the Murex trunkless. Anyway, says the, the Gemara of Ashoi What? Anybody talking? yes. The my understanding is Tiltchelit is also sponsoring today's year. There's been intense product placement today. No, I I'm, I'm serious. He wanted to sponsor, and whatever. I it, it doesn't matter. That that's not the point. I don't think he's sponsoring. I personally don't think he's sponsoring. He wanted to. He had a good intent. And I'll be mitzarefit, machshav Maisa. We have three sponsors, baruch Hashem. We're running out of sponsors. If somebody has a birthday, or a, a simcha, or a yard site, or uh, we're done with corona, so the refour are, are basically over, whatever it is, you can sponsor, speak to Yosef. Anyway, he said to me, he, said that he, that he uh, Actually, I actually did send an email from Tilt that he wants to sponsor. Oh wow, okay. So P'Til Chaylet is a fourth sponsor today, and uh, without knowing it, I, I, I pushed her product, Chaylet for sponsoring today's year. Vashoy Khatoi says in the Mishnah, one of the one of the obvious malachis on Shabbos is Shechting. So what's the question? question is, Why in the world do I need shaita in the in the in the Mishkan, yes, I need certain things. I need I need the product of an animal, but I don't need a shekht animal. I could choke an animal to death. Why is shechita the word? It should say, killing an animal is an av malacha. Where do I come to shechita? If I just need its hide, I could choke him. I could take him off a dead animal that died by uh, roadkill, whatever it is. Who says I have to shekht the animal? <speaking in Hebrew> So, at the end of the day, what, what is the iser of Shechita? So, Rav says, I'm doing something called tzeveya. I'm painting. The Gemara is going to say, it sounds almost ridiculous, uh, tzeveya. But Shmuel says, we'll see in a second. Shmuel says, neshama. I'm taking out, I'm, I'm, I'm removing its soul, I'm taking out its neshama. Davayenehom and Beis. That's the Gemara, Mishum Tzvei, Iyam Mishim and e, shamallah What Rav argues on the whole concept of Netiles Neshama. Says the Gemara, Eima, Af Mishum Tzvei. Says Rav, when a person shechs an animal, he's chayiv on two things. He's chayiv for shechting the animal, of course you're doing the and Neshama. Of course that's also. Awesome. But I'm going to tell you the Yechayiv for something else. Yechayiv because I am dying the animal. Dying the animal with the blood. Let me explain myself real quickly. So, future generations don't literally laugh at me. It sounds funny. Why do I say that the blood on the animal's neck is considered dyeing the neck red? He is very happy with nice, fresh blood on the neck because he's a butcher. And when people see the fresh blood, not congealed blood from five days ago, they, they say, oh, here's fresh meat. How do they know it's fresh? Based on the blood. So the fact that it's red blood on the outside of the animal is what he wants, and that, that is Saveya. Says the Gemara, Salting and tanning. So today I printed out the picture in case you don't know what it looks like. Tanning is the process of taking the hide and putting in a vat with chemicals. Some of the chemicals are salt, the other chemicals are tanning chemicals, whatever it is. Says the Gemara. They're they're the same. uh, Sorry. What's the difference between tanning and salting? They're doing the same exact thing. Explain the Rishonim, and as Rashi explains later down on the, on the Amad, if I, if I remember to, to point it out there as well, uh, all the way by Mesach and Shovet and, and, and Medaktik, the, the Gemara is saying, look, we spoke about Zohar, Boyer, and Merakit. These are three balachas that are all the same. They, they're not the same exact, but they accomplish the same thing. They separate the good from the bad. The Gemara over here is saying, that salting and tanning is the same. So, so why is it different than Zohirah and bayra? The answer is because Zohirah and bayra are two different things. And they come in two different steps and stages in the process. One is separating the shaft from the kernel. The other one is separating the stones from the flour. That's Merakit. So they're different things. They're separating different things from the, the, the product. Yes, they all accomplish the same thing, but there are different steps. Over here, the salt and the tanning accomplish the same exact thing. They're identical. They might happen simultaneously. I don't know how it works. But it's it's right there. It's putting the salt in, putting this chemical It's the same thing. They accomplish the same thing, and they're doing the same thing, whereas Zoyra and Boirer accomplish different things. One separates the, 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 the shaft from the kernel. The other one separates the kernel from the bread. It's different. So therefore... Rabbi and Rabbi say, yes, they're both the same. Salting and tanning are the same, and therefore, Apichad Sirtut. You need to remove one of those two. It cannot be one of the 39 Melachas. Let's remove one. I don't know which one. Aleichem Yossi Rubenstein, I hope your root canal is doing well. I don't know. They always use that as a muscle. Root canal, like, you know, I'd rather do this than a root canal. So, seemingly, it's a very painful thing. Should have a foolish layman, but Mamish. This is Sirtut, we, we're familiar with this from the Sefer Torah, if you ever got an Aliyah, you, you know those lines in the parchment. And then, you know, he would take, in terms of the Besam Mikdash, they didn't need the lines that we have in the Sefer Torah, but they, they would take a scissor or something, a knife, and cut it on that and make straps. In order to make a nice product, a nice straight product. Omer Rabbah, Omer Rabbah Molach <laughs> Bisra. Okay. Also, if I take salt and I salt my meat, in other words, I'm trying to conserve the meat, of tanning the, the hide could apply to food products as well. No, you're not over the rice of ma'abed because ma'abed is on hides and nothing to do with food. Now, if you just look at taisis real quickly, I'm not going into the whole sugi here, top taisis. So just to point out, there is a Isidur Rabbanon to salt your food. What foods exactly you're allowed to salt or not? There's a sif in in, in Mechaber. There are people that eat horseradish. Remember, my dad used to eat it. I don't know why. Don't ask me. Take a little red horseradish, cut it down, nice slice, put it on bread and butter with a little salt. There's people that do that. To pour salt on a horseradish, is sir. It's ma'abed. There are certain foods that you gotta be careful on Shabbos. Don't think that you can just take your salt shake and go like this. That's all I'm saying for now. Because the horseradish is something that you you uh, try to pickle, and you know, so th- it depends on the food. Of course, you go like this into your, your, your soup. What happened to uh, Yoni Meisels? Where is he? He came over to me right before Shabbos, right, be- uh, right before Baruch last night by Meyer said, you said you can't take lakshin out of a soup. And that, that was then the conversation. I don't know. I don't know what he was saying. I was just saying over from Moshe Feinstein that using a fork and I gave a mussel is lakshin. I don't know if that's the right mussel. Maybe he's right. I don't know. Or to use a ladle that has holes in it, that's a kli. All I was saying is that you can't use a kli when you're doing boer. For some reason he felt that lakshin is different. I, I know that lakshin is a whole discussion, so I'm not sure what the discussion is. I, I remember there was a big discussion about lakshin. How you take out lakshin, how you put it in, because Rameshah, all Rameshah, going back to Rameshah, Ramesha says, if you're using the fork because it's more convenient, but it doesn't help you, then it's not a kli. But if you're using the fork to separate something, then it's a kli. So I guess if you go in like this to the lakshah, you give it a stab and you put it in, that's not a problem, because you can do it with your hands, you just don't want to get your hands dirty, it's not polite. But if you're trying to sift something out of the soup, you have a fly in your soup and you're using the fork to get the fly out, that's Mameshah, the the right. Or... Uh, you know, to get a vegetable, you, you, I don't know, whatever the case is. Fine. Yoni will discuss it later. But Yoni is unbelievable. He works all day at the uh, change place. And anytime you go in there, the shear is on. Uh, anytime I went in there, uh, maybe he sees me coming and he pushes play. I don't know. But he's always learning. He's definitely always learning there between customers. And, you know, there's a lot of downtime, so he's constantly learning. Yoni. Anyway, Zakti Gimbar. Boma. What, what constitutes tanning food as if I'm taking it on a long trip. So I, I, I preserve it in salt. But if you're doing it for your own house, you sprinkle some salt on it. Nobody wants to make his food wood. By you pouring on the salt, you're making it an edible. Nobody wants to do that. What you're doing is you're trying to add a little flavor. That's not ma'abid. But if you're taking it, they didn't have vacuum pack then. They didn't have refrigeration, so they would dunk it in salt. That's according only according to that one sheet. And smoothing out the hide, the leather, and cutting it. It's amazing how What if I smooth out dirt? According to Rashi, very interesting Rashi. But hard to understand, as Tysus points out. We learned the other day that, that uh, making the dirt uh, smooth is baina. Over here Rashi is learning in the Gemara that smoothing out the dirt is memachik, smoothing, from the, from the, the melacha of smoothing something out. Titus learns it's a, you, you tie things between the two poles, whatever. That's the memach. I heard three things from Ravashi. In the name of Rival. I just say Rival because this street over here in our neighborhood called Rival and it's for Beshub and Lady. Hameggarer or Meggared, Roshikunsi's Bishavis. The person wants to make a six-foot fence. So he takes these pieces of wood and he cuts them six feet each. Now on the top, he also wants to make it nice and sharp so that the intruder gets cut when he tries to climb over the fence. Anytime you cut something to a specific size, like we had yesterday with toilet paper, whatever that, that thing is, mechateich, Your are on Issa called cutting. second Allah. I take a bandage, put it on some ointment, some cream, and I kind of rub it in, what is that called? Chayv I'm smoothing out the ointment. So VaMesatech, I take out one of these stones for the kaisal or every Yerushalmi, whatever it is, you see that they're nice and smooth, they made some sort of nice design around the box, that's called Makkah finishing it off. According to some Shainam, every, every Yerushalmi, every bang you give it and it gives that little groove, that's a makib B'Patesh. Now the Gemara is going to say a couple of alachas, or four alachas in Makkah patish. Omer Ben Ben The point is, Finishing a product, the final blow of the product, that's a maki b'patesh, banging with a hammer. If a person engraves that engraving that you do, like on a, on a silver vessel, on a whatever, you, you put your final initial in it, and if a person does glass blowing, highly recommended if you've uh, never been to Venice, it's a great place to take your wife. Highly recommend. I've been there many times. They're actually talking about closing it down to tourists, whatever, some shigats now in the corona. People say stupid things. But yeah, it's a, it's a. So when you go there, so you take the ferry, you go to that island, and you'll see how they blow glass. Amazing stuff. The whole city's about blowing glass over there. So blowing the glass, Chaybish and Makibabatish. On review though, you know, you have these things in your. Especially if the fabric is thicker, let's say a sweater. And in the sweater, you have like a. A splinter, a piece of something stuck in there. You pull it out. You're finishing off your sweater. Now it's perfect. It's nice and smooth. It's something that you care about. You don't want people to see your messy sweater. You care about it. Then you're That's you, uh, Michael Sand Pearl. That's you right over there with the headphone on top. Shalom Alright, the Neshama should have an aliyah. Writing two letters constitutes writing on Shabbos. Where do we have this? In the Mishkan? We have the beams. Like a sukkah, you write one, two on each panel. One goes next to two, two goes next to three. The north side, the left side. So they used to write on these beams. But it has to be two letters. Because beam one has a letter, beam two has a letter. Two OCOs. So here's a very interesting halacha. What if you do a gigantic letter that's larger than two letters? Potter. It says two, it's two, because writing a large letter is not on two beams. Two beams is two beams. But erasing is worse off than writing, because if you, what's erasing? Erasing is in order to write, so, if I erase enough room in order to write two letters, chayiv, points out the Ran, then it doesn't have to be erasing a letter per se. It's erasing ink, a glob of ink, that I can write enough of two, I could do two letters in that ink. Chayiv. Who's the author of this statement? Who says that erasing is more stringent than writing? These are the last melachas in the Mishnah. Rabbi Verzer, Darman Tavayu, call me, did this pay, Gemar melacha, anything you finish off the clea. Chayevishu makabi pattish. We learned in the Mishnah, Elo aves melachas. These are the 39 melachas. Elo, what does it come? These are, and not what? Ribeleza argues in our Tanakhama, on our Mishnah, and holds that if a person were to do, Let's say, Zareya planting a seed and Noiteya planting a tree. According to our mandamar, according to our Mishnah, you only have one because Noiteya falls under the category of Zareya. But according to you Yechayiv two, even though it's a tolda and it's part of the category of you Yechayiv two korbanos. Chaser, achas, what is the word? Why, why does the Mishnah have to say, oh, 40 minus one? What do you learn from that? Lapogim in the Rebbe Yudah, the Rebbe Yudah. These are melachas that have to do with. I'm not going to pretend I know exactly what it means, but it has to do with something over here. These guys are the chassis, right? The larger strings chassis. The Erev is the one that goes back and forth. So basically, he's pushing with a rod, he's pushing these things down, or he's. What's that? Did we just get knocked off? I don't know, the uh, oil on YouTube, something just happened to Zoom, we are down for some reason. We'll wait for a, a couple seconds, see if we can get back up. Is that me? Um, was that only... Really at all if you have any... Rabbi Sayyid, was that only me that got yes. knocked off, or no that's everybody? It was just you. Just I me. It's a chance to tell people to go to the website, the dot com. But we have to finish because it's already 8.01. I don't know what happened. Did somebody try to uh, put something on or something? Okay, fine. I got knocked off. I was just telling Gary, Gary was in my house. I'm not exaggerating till one in the morning, teaching me some stuff on the computer. I asked him to come over and help me. And I said, maybe you should just try to hook up my computer, make sure that I have a, a hotspot, because for whatever reason with Golan, I can't get a hotspot on my computer. And then I said, what if it, the, the internet goes off? And of course, today was the first time that my internet just blanked out, I guess. I guess it was the internet thing, fine. So where are we, I was holding over here that there's something called uh, and they, they basically it's to take these strings I guess and pull them tight over here, take the erev, push it down that way, one of these melachas. So Rabbi Yehuda adds, Rabbi Yehuda says there's actually 41 melachas Lai by the way, I heard an unbelievable pshat yesterday from Srili Bronstein, I thought it was a beautiful pshat, not a lot of time, I can't say it, but I'll say it in 10 seconds, and that is that he found somebody that says uh, a gem, that Rabbi Yehuda's is that Dovashen Miskavin is chayev, basically that you don't learn anything out of the Mishkan according to Rabbi Yehuda, and if you don't learn anything out of the Mishkan, the whole concept of 39 Malachas is because you learn from the Mishkan. But since you don't learn out of the Mishkan, I can do 41 melachas if I feel like it. And Reb this is A whole L'shitaseh thing. Anyways, It's not true. You don't need, and here's where I pointed out that Rashi explains, that these are the same melachas as mesach. Mesach would mean to roll your strings onto these reels. Get it going. Weaving. Okay, so it's all included in that. One of the same... Um fine. Let's you know what? Let's start a brand new sugia tomorrow. We'll start from the Mishnah. It looks like we have a pretty short death tomorrow. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful day. Noam you ready? is <laughs> I don't <Sessing> know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <Sessing> I'm not sure. 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 La am not sure. I'm 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 not I don't I don't really see people on the screen I think because because I was knocked off so is there a way to for me is there a way hold on hold on Yeshua, sure hold on hold on Yeshua, hold on this year at the beginning of this year you just know it doesn't say anywhere in entire to suck that it's a khiv to write on every single board, aleph, aleph, base, Beis like they did in the Mishnah. It, no, it doesn't say that anyone is the Shukkah. Rabbi I don't know. Is there, uh, Yosef, is there a way for me to see people on the screen? Because I don't see anybody on the screen. I only see Noam and myself. Because uh, I was knocked off uh, and he started off over again. I don't know why. So there are very few people I'm able to see. Let's see. Anyone can unmute themselves if they want. Take it off the map mode. Instead of speaker view. You want gallery. It looks like I'm carrying. It looks like I'm in there everywhere. Drop the 50 people on step one. What'd you say? Sorry, Muddy. What'd you say? Nine little squares. <laughs> Click on them. But everyone's screen is gone. Next volume. Yeah, I'm just gonna turn off YouTube because I think this is boring for the island on YouTube.